I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF January 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, yesterday I saw this trailer for the upcoming Apple TV show, We Crashed. It is based on the WeWork saga, and it looks pretty good. Jared Leto plays Adam Newman, and Hathaway's in it. I'm pretty excited for the whole thing. Kind of a devil goes to WeWork type of thing? Yeah, well, I read all the books. Like, it's a very cool story. I'm actually recording this in a WeWork now. The company has come back. Like, they were on the verge of obviously going bankrupt, but they came back and they're public, and I think it's working out fine. But it's pretty neat. There's another show, by the way, coming out. I think it's on HBO called Super Pumped, and it's the story of Uber. And for the peak pals that don't know, I worked at Uber for much of that, and many scenes in that show I was actually present for, and so it's like, it'll be fun to watch that. Who's playing Brett Chang? Well, I'm not in the show because I was a junior employee in the Toronto office. But, you know, if someone was to play me, I don't know. Who do you you think, Jay? You got any ideas? I I don't. And I I often think about who would play me, but I think people laugh when I say, like, George Clooney. That's, like, so trite. No, that's... No, you know who who actually could play you? Who's the guy Nick Offerman from uh, Parks and Rec? Like, that's not not a terrible... He's older than me, Brett. Just so you know, I, I think he's older than me, but I get your vibe. Yeah, exactly. Aside from casting our own stories, what do we have for Peak Pals today, Brett? For our first story, keep trucking. For our second story, meta and NFTs. And for our third story, Amazon goes physical. For our first story, Canadian and U.S. trucking industries are grappling with driver shortages, straying an already fragile supply chain. Experts on both sides of the border think more drivers are the solution. Brett, we're back to supply chains. What's happening now? It feels like the supply chain story is never going away. So Canada and the U.S. have been in the midst of a chronic truck driver shortage due to voluntary turnover within the industry. That's kind of interesting. The U.S. faces a 90% annualized average turnover rate among large truckload carrier drivers as a result of poor pay and long working hours. It sounds terrible to be a trucker. It does. But when you say chronic truck driver, that means something else in the cannabis industry. But I think I know what you mean in this story. And now the pandemic and Canada's vaccine mandate for cross-border truck drivers have made the situation even more dire. The U.S. has an estimated shortage of 80,000 truckers, the highest in the country's history. Canada is already short by at least 18,000 truck drivers, and the vaccine mandate will sideline up to 10% of the 120,000 Canadian truckers that make cross-border trips. Now, both countries are implementing measures to bring more drivers into the industry, including a pilot program in the U.S. to train younger truck drivers and some firms are even introducing signing bonuses. The U.S.'s pilot truck driving program aims to address the shortage by lowering the legal age to operate a commercial truck across state lines from 21 to 18. Meanwhile, the Canadian Trucking Alliance is president to asking the feds to increase spending to train new drivers, including younger Canadians. So, Brett, are you going to answer the call and start driving a truck <laughs> even though you're just barely over 18? Okay, well, that's very kind of you to say, Jay, but, you know, I guess I'd probably need to learn how to drive before I could even consider a career switch into trucking. And as we kind of talked about at the beginning, the fact that there aren't truck drivers, it's not encouraging for me joining the the profession. But in terms of why this story matters so much, driver shortages from the most recent vaccine mandate affecting the Canadian trucking industry may result in fewer goods available at grocery stores and may translate into higher prices for consumers. So it's, it's not good. And it's definitely a story you want to keep your eye on. For our second story, Facebook's parent company, Meta, could be making its first foray into the non-fungible token NFT market. Jay, do you want to give the Peak Pals a quick refresher on NFTs? 
I do. So NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens, I guess, as opposed to fungible tokens. And these are unique digital goods that exist on the blockchain. The most popular use case right now are NFTs of images or videos. You could think of them as like digital trading cards. And Brett, didn't you own an NFT for a period of time? Well, yeah, it might be illustrative how NFTs work if I talk about my own experience. And so I went on the marketplace called OpenSea, the world's biggest NFT marketplace. And I bought a picture of a seal. It was called a sappy seal. And it was a part of a collection of 10,000 other unique images of that seal. The idea was that you would use it as your profile picture. By the way, I also sold it for twice as much as I bought it for. So it was a good investment, which might be why Facebook and Instagram are at the early stages of developing plans to allow users to display NFTs on their profiles per the Financial Times. Now, some context on why they're doing this. Mark Zuckerberg, Zuck, the big Zuck, the big Z, is announcing Facebook's rebrand to Meta last year, said the NFTs could be part of the digital marketplace in their planned Metaverse. Well, it makes sense. In order to live in Mark Zuckerberg's digital world, you've got to have digital goods. Do I have to live in Mark Zuckerberg's digital world or can I live in a, like an adjacent Metaverse? No, you'll have no choice. <laughs> Either way, now the Financial Times is reporting that Facebook is building a marketplace to buy and sell these digital products. This would be a direct shot across the bow of the world's current biggest NFT marketplace, where you bought yours, on OpenSea, who just raised $300 million in a new funding round. So Brett, why should people else care about Facebook's moving into NFTs? Well, despite NFTs being a multi-billion dollar market, they're still kind of fringe. Like not everyone owns an NFT. Probably you don't know many people who own an NFT. But if Meta and Facebook enter into this world, you'll probably know a lot more people who own NFTs. And so it could be a huge boon for the, for the market. For our last story, Amazon will open its first physical clothing store in Los Angeles later this year. Brett, isn't the whole point of Amazon is that it's online? What's going on here? Sometimes I feel like with technology, we're going two steps forward, one step back. And so what's old is new again, Jay. Amazon Style is a clothing initiative being led by Amazon, and they've been working on it for years. The plan is to offer women's and men's apparel, shoes and accessories. Now through the service, customers will be able to go to a store and shop in person, but they'll have to use an accompanying Amazon shopping app. Uh, instead of just going to the checkout to buy your clothes, you got to use the app. That's right. And the 30,000 square foot store is smaller than the size of a traditional department store, but it looks to open in a shopping complex in Los Angeles. And customers will be able to browse options and request more sizes or styles to try on in their fitting rooms, you know, like the kind of like a regular store. But it's not a regular store. It's an Amazon store, Jay. That's the important <laughs> distinction. You might be wondering why they're doing this. Well, fashion is big business. It makes up a 48% of Amazon's private label and exclusive brand sales. Amazon is already the largest clothing retailer in the US, but the e-commerce giant still finds itself competing with brands and stores that are more familiar to shoppers and visible, physically visible on store shelves. So Jay, what's the big takeaway for why Amazon is moving into brick and mortar retail? Well, even with all this new technology, some items are just easier to shop for in person than online, and clothes are one of those items. That's probably why in-store purchases still make up more than 85% of U.S. retail sales, and Amazon wants to take a cut of that. And knowing Amazon, they want to take a big cut of that, Brett. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, there is something about Facebook and Instagram moving into NFTs and Amazon moving into brick and mortar retail. We're going to unpack that uh, probably next week, but have a good weekend, bud. You too.